This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Made for This. Rothy's are made to last, plus all their products are machine washable. Get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. I'm going to let you into something that was just a moment in time for me. It was right before my daughter's wedding and actually in the middle of my interview with Dr. Cotillo, I was discussing, as you heard him last week, talk about the importance of our physical health with our emotional and spiritual health, which is something I'm very, very passionate about. In fact, in the last few months, because of sabbatical, my husband and I have been under the care of a functional medicine doctor, learned a lot, way too much about both of our health and struggles that we may have in the future, and just really taking good care of ourselves and working hard to eat better and to exercise and to take care of our bodies in a better way. And in doing so, we have felt a ton more energy. We have slept better. We have been happier people. And I've seen my capacity and my ability to lead and to imagine and to run into the things that God has for me expand. And so that is part of what the season is based on, is just that we really believe being a whole, full person is also taking care of our bodies because that does limit or give energy to the things that God has called us to. And God loves us. God loves us, and He wants us to be in our bodies in a way that enjoys the good gifts He's given us here. And so, again, sometimes there are things we cannot control, and that's actually what I'm going to share about today. So in the midst of our conversation, our interview, I get a text. We took a little break halfway through our conversation, and I get a text from a mammogram that I've had um, recently. Sorry, all the guys that are listening. I won't go into any further than that, but it was concerning for several reasons. Number one, I already live with a little bit of risk when it comes to that. And so they do a pretty thorough screening every time I go in for that test. And so this was not just the basic, typical mammogram. This was a pretty in-depth one. So the fact that they found something was pretty alarming because unlike most people, I'm already doing the second screening. I'm already at the level of if it's something, it's probably something. And I I call in the middle of this interview with Dr. Cotillo, which you'll hear the second part of on Thursday, I call, and you'll notice, I, I, I am definitely a little distracted, as you can imagine. And so I call back my doctor while he patiently waits and find out that there is something that they're concerned about and that they can't tell me what, and that I just need to come back in as quickly as possible. So great news. So I cannot get over the fact that that phone call came in the middle of these conversations that I am having about our health and how ultimately there is this trust that that happens with our health that we aren't in control of, right? There are some things we can control, There's a lot that we can't. And certainly in that moment, as I am hearing about Dr. Cotillo's wife, who is battling stomach cancer currently, we need to pray for her and for them. It was such a moment of perspective for me to find that news out. And yet, as you can imagine, it was also, do I really trust God with 
this. I would say, I mean, it's a week of my daughter's wedding. And so I would say this, this lived out in our lives for about 36 hours. You know, it felt troublesome, candidly, because it wasn't just a maybe there's something wrong. It's, it looks like something's wrong. So those, those 36 hours were the greatest gift for, for me, honestly, because I had to grapple with what if this is my story? What if during my daughter's wedding, I'm battling with a new diagnosis? You know, I, I just, I had to face all of that for 36 hours. I will say that having the last several months been as healthy as I've ever been in my whole life, it was a reality check. This will, at some point, my body will fail me. At some point, all of our bodies will fail us. Romans 8.22 says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. That there is a longing, a groaning for something better than this. That, that we're actually longing for heaven. We're longing for a time. We're longing for a time that, that pain is not going to exist in our bodies anymore, physically. That emotional pain is not going to exist in our lives anymore. That we are going to live at one with God and with each other in our heavenly bodies that will go on forever and ever and ever and have no problems, right? That's what we crave. Ecclesiastes, as I say all the time, I use this verse almost as much as Hebrews, that eternity was set in your heart, that you crave it, that you are longing for a time where you are whole and right. And in the meantime, we feel the brokenness of our bodies in this world, of our emotions, of our relationships, and we long for something more. We groan, we ache for something more. I'm gonna give you just a little insight into what I felt. And I know, I mean, there are some of you out there right now that may know that your time is very, very limited. And so I know these words are very trite in light of the words you could give me. But in the moment that I thought I'm gonna be possibly in for a cancer fight, there was something in me that hoped for heaven immediately. I wasn't scared. I was hopeful. And I believed that however long I had left, that I wanted to, I know this is super dramatic because I don't have cancer, FYI. I don't know if I said that. That I know of, they have cleared me. I don't have cancer. But in those 36 hours that I might have cancer, there was a security that if the worst happened, that's how my brain works. I always go to the worst case scenario. If the very worst happened, to die is gain and I would be okay. Now, I am not ready to go yet. I've got things to do. I want to know, hopefully, grandkids that will be in our future. I want to make more memories with the people I love. I, I want to make more difference for the kingdom. But if I do go, I'm good. <laughs> I'm great. That storyline is way better to me than the one that I lived last year when Zach, my husband, had such big health concerns that we'll talk about someday here, I'm sure. And I thought we might lose him. And so I'm like, hey, to die is gain. That is not my worst fear. And some of you, I say all of this to say, some of you, your health and death, it is your worst fear. It is the thing that keeps you up at night. And, and there is truly fear of death. And that has and will completely paralyze you. So I want to just give you a picture, even though it's a super limited picture, because at least today I am okay. But I want you on the day that you get a diagnosis, on the day that 
that you face death because all of us will, right? Every one of us will, unless Jesus comes back. I want you to have that confidence. I want you to feel hopeful. I want you to be filled with, with gain, that there's, there's good for me if this is the story he gives me, because that is the hope we have. We do not different than the rest of the whole world. We don't have to fear death. And I'm not saying we never will. And many of you know my story with Get Out of Your Head that I walked through 18 months of a fear of death because I was doubting God. But I'm not doubting God anymore. And I don't have a fear of death. And those of you that have a fear of death, I want you to face it. And the reason why, I know it's not a fun thing to think about, but the reason why I want you to think about it is because if the worst thing that can happen to you you are so afraid of, then you will always be thinking about the worst thing that can happen to you. And it will limit your decisions. It will limit your freedom. If you look back at my interviews with Jamie, I mean, he wasn't afraid of death. It just wasn't the worst thing. And so he could do crazy things with God. And God did crazy things with him because there was no limits. He was all in. He wasn't afraid. Oh, okay. You kill me. You imprison me. Okay. And I just think it sets us free and it causes us to have a whole different perspective of life when we figure out our relationship with death. I have a friend that walked through a really difficult season with hypochondria. And meaning, and if you don't know the definition, it's that you have a really paralyzing fear of your health going wrong. And so you, you almost nearly make your health go wrong because you think about it so much. It defined and consumed her. I mean, that is the extreme. But for many of you, especially since covid there has been more thought. You have had more thoughts about your health and fear about your health than you've ever had. And I am not saying we're reckless with our bodies and our lives. That's not what I'm saying at all. I am, again, pursuing the healthiest life I can. But at the same time, we're also not going to self-protect and build lives where our kids end up fearful because we protect them from everything, right? We've got to be people that are resilient. And resiliency actually comes from risking. It comes from seeing for kids on the playground, they see, oh, wow, I can do that. I can I can get hurt and I, my body repairs itself. I can fall down. It's okay. That's, that's healthy childhood is you're learning. This body is for me to use, not control and manipulate and make it into something that is totally protected from all <laughs> difficult things right? We, it's actually really resilient and it's made to take us into difficult things and to be a tool for us to face difficult things, not to guard and protect. And so when our bodies cause us limits, there is a beautiful recognition at those moments of, you know what? Is this something I can fix? Likely it isn't. Many things it isn't. Then we depend on God even more. And we put our hope in a new body and a new earth and a new heaven that is coming even more. Rothy's just released the coziest merino wool slippers and it's that time of year where you get home and you want to put something comfy on your feet that you can wear all evening. This is like a no-brainer gift idea you guys. When you give Rothy's you are giving somebody comfort, durability, and style. Plus it's not every day you find shoes you can throw in the washing machine and they come out looking exactly like when you bought them the very first time. I love my Rothy's because I've had them for two years now and I'm not kidding. I, I wear my sneakers pretty hard and, and wear them often and they still look exactly like they did when I first got them. 
What's great about Rothy's is that they're classic colors, simple designs that are easy to wear with any outfit, so you really can wear your Rothy's any season, any time of the year. Rothy's started with the shoes that you've probably heard of, like the point and the flat, but they also have really comfortable sneakers, loafers, ankle boots, and they have two new sneaker styles for men and women. Get stylish shoes, versatile and durable enough to wear all the time with Rothy's. Get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash made for this. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash made for this. Let me just give you really quickly what I think is a right response to our health. It is to have a family doctor, have somebody that you can see and get a checkup once a year. And many of you have insurance and that is covered. Many of you don't. But I know even at our church, we have a health clinic that's available to people without insurance. Fine. Make sure that that's not available to you in your town. Get a checkup. Make sure your blood work looks okay. Test for whatever you think might be wrong. Be honest with your doctor about how you feel. Because even small things like fatigue could be the symptom of something bigger. Check it out. And then go about your life, right? Go live your life. Make sure that you're, as much as you can know, you're healthy today and there's nothing you can be treating or, or noticing. And then you go and you live your life and you take care of yourself, but you do not make an idol out of this body that is going away anyway. It is going away. We are going to get a new body. And won't that be great? I cannot wait. I mean, I would love to do a whole theology of our new bodies because we see it in Jesus when he comes back from the dead, which is crazy, but that happened. And you see a lot of things about what kind of our new bodies will be like, that he looks like himself, but sometimes he doesn't. And he passes through and just shows up places and he is able to, there are parts of him that like you see the, the scars of the cross and the nails in his hands that are the same. And there are parts of him that are totally different. And so it's crazy, right? We never think about this. But I think it's important to think about it because it is the Christian theology of the body is that this one is passing away. This one is wasting away and we don't hope in it. We're hoping in the next life with the next body. And yet our body is important and God created it and he designed it and he knit you together in your mother's womb and we do our best to steward it and take care of it. But this is not our home. This is not the final thing. So we don't give our lives to it. One of my favorite classes in seminary was a class where they walked through all these heresies that people have believed over generations, over time. And it was one of my favorite classes because when I heard many of these heresies, not all of them, but many of them, I realized, wow, there's still remnants of that today in the West, in even Christianity, even in the church. And one of the the scariest and one that I think we're bumping up against here is the idea of dualism. And that idea is that we separate the body and the spirit, and the spirit is good and the body is evil. And man, you can see a trajectory of how we get there with that heresy. You you can actually, it, it makes real, really great sense. God made us out of the earth and the earth is fallen and the earth is cursed and our flesh is fallen. And our flesh, a lot of times, you, even the word flesh in the Bible is used with negative connotation. But the problem is that God built our bodies and our bodies are not a curse. Our bodies are a tool. What we do with our bodies and 
oftentimes our desires and our cravings of our heart are sinful. But the bodies themselves are not evil. They, In fact, what you see when Jesus is raised from the dead, you see that he is actually raised in a bodily form. He's a recognizable version of himself. He's not a ghost. He's not a spirit. He's, he's actually physical in nature. You can see the holes in his hands from the crucifixion. So we know that bodies are even redeemed, that, that there will be recognizable bodies in heaven because Jesus was the model of what it will look like when we are raised from the dead. So this isn't accurate. And in the next episode, next week, I'm going to talk about this in greater detail, and I'm going to talk about where this has come from. But I think it's important just as we're talking about the body where where you see parts of this evolve in our faith and in our mind and our life. And, and when I think of the wrestlings that I've had in my body and the difficulty, these struggles, the health issues that my husband has walked through, the health issues that I've walked through at different points in my life and the brokenness of our bodies, they have been used for good. They have been used to cause me to trust more. They have been used in my finiteness, in the brokenness and, and weakness of my body that it reminds me, it should remind us that we are creatures who need, that we are creatures who are dependent, that we are creatures who, who aren't in control. We are creatures who are not God. And that has really troubled us since the very beginning. It troubled Eve in the garden. It troubled Adam. They wanted to be like God. They wanted to not be finite. They didn't want the limitations that they had as humans. They wanted to be like God. And I would say we've never stopped. We've never stopped wanting to be above the mess of the reality of our fallen, finite, broken, decaying life here. But we will be. <laughs> that is the promise. We will be. Faith is the essence of what we hope for and the evidence of what we do not see. Faith is that bridge that builds hope into our lives when it feels like death is closing in everywhere. Whatever way you're experiencing that today, whatever way you have had to come to terms with, with the limitations of your own body or someone else's, I pray that that hope would bridge the gap that is the promise that this is not all there is. And what is decaying now will be remade and made new and better than it has ever been. Are launching Made for This Plus. We wanted a way to make these like devotional style curated playlists that go deep into some of the topics that you guys request the most, like anxiety and shame, marriage, loneliness. When you join Made for This Plus, you get access to live video conversations and Q&As with Jenny and I, and you'll get to listen to never before released teachings, bonus pep talks, all kinds of stuff we have planned. And all of these fun things just load right into whatever podcast app you're listening to. So you can join now if you go to JennyAllen.com and there's a button that says access made for this plus. Guys, it's $6 a month or $59 a year. And we are going to add a ton of stuff like a whole Bible study series on Jenny's book, Anything That Currently Doesn't Live Anywhere. It will come in made for this plus. You guys, you have to go join Made for This Plus. So you go to JennyAllen.com and join now. And yes, you can gift this to a friend. I cannot wait to see you over there.